When Joylyn Martinez wed the dreamy Robert Howard Bruce, she thought she'd died and gone to heaven. Howard was the perfect guy. He wanted to take care of me and did all the little things that no one else had ever done. He did anything that he could to win her love and her trust, and she fell for him. But in time, life with Howard became a living hell. Little by little, the slimy snake started to slither out. And by the time Joylyn realized who her husband really was, she was caught up in a horrifying 20-year-old mystery. It sounded like the boogeyman. I was sick. Who is this guy that I married to that he could do something like this? When it comes to love and marriage, things aren't always as they seem. Joylyn Martinez had a lot of things on her mind in the summer of 2001, but starting a new relationship wasn't one of them. I was recently divorced. I was a single mother raising two little boys, struggling on my own. I wasn't looking for anybody at that point. I wanted to concentrate on myself and my kids. But one night that June, Joy's girlfriend convinced the young mother to take a break and go out for a night on the town. I didn't want her to be home alone, being sad. So I asked Joylyn if she wanted to go out and just, you know, go have a couple drinks somewhere, get her out of the house. And that night would prove fateful. At a local Albuquerque, New Mexico bar, Joylyn was introduced to a tall drink of water named Robert Howard Bruce. I had noticed him. He was a very good-looking man. He looked a lot like Ben Affleck. He came up to our side of the bar and bought me a drink, and we started talking. As Joylyn sipped drinks with Howard, she had to admit she was having fun. She even gave him her number at the end of the night. It was a very big moment for me to give him my phone number. I didn't think it would lead to anything. I still didn't want anything serious. And Joylyn made that clear. But that didn't stop Howard from vigorously pursuing her. He would show up with flowers. When he took me to dinner, it was always the high-end restaurants. It felt great having somebody spoil you. It was something I had never felt before. He would buy her jewelry. He would buy her clothes. He really had an impact on her life as far as spoiling her. And, and she was at a time in her life when she needed that. Howard also brought Joylyn on many of the frequent business trips he took as a salesman. But the icing on the cake... Howard was a devoted father of three children from a previous marriage. He had his kids every other weekend. He did everything with his kids, fishing, hiking. He was a really good dad. In fact, in the spring of 2002, Howard moved to Pueblo, Colorado, about six hours north of Joy Lynn, to be closer to his kids. I agreed to try a long-distance relationship with him just to see where it would go. Howard visited Joy Lynn every other weekend, and despite the fact that he was 12 years her senior, he was always the life of the party. When Howard would come into town, we'd meet somewhere, have some drinks, maybe some dancing. It was always a good time, always fun, always laughing. But often, the drinking would prove too much for Joy Lynn. Way too much. After experiencing several blackouts, she started to get seriously worried. I could remember up to a certain point and then all of a sudden, I'd be like, well, when did we leave? I wouldn't remember anything afterwards. Howard said, it's probably because you didn't eat good last night. I even asked my doctor. He just kind of said, well, you know, it's age. It could be your diet. The doctor told me that. It put me at ease. 
By April 2003, Howard and Joy Lynn had been dating for two blissful years. When Howard popped the question, Joy Lynn said yes. That fall, the couple wed in a gorgeous private Hawaiian ceremony. The location, which was a beautiful waterfall. It was a beautiful ceremony. It was nice. She knew with Howard that he was financially stable. He was very good to her and the boys and that she would have a very good life with him. When the newlyweds returned home, they agreed they would continue their long-distance arrangement until Joy Lynn's children finished out the school year. And Joy Lynn made plans to go back to school herself. Howard told me after we get married, I don't want you to work, and I want you to go back to school and get your degree. I had always wanted to be a teacher, so I was very excited. Joy Lynn felt lucky to have such a generous and understanding husband. But before long, he would seem like a stranger. Hidden beneath Howard's all-American exterior lurked ugly desires and terrible secrets. Secrets Joy Lynn would stumble onto years later in the local newspaper. The headline got my attention enough to where I wanted to read it. As I'm reading this article, I was feeling sick. The hair on my body was standing up. I like froze and I just remember thinking, oh my God, he was in my home. It all clicked. My gut just told me that was him. In the fall of 2003, Joy Lynn Martinez and her husband Howard Bruce were counting down the days until they could be together. Once Joy Lynn's two sons finished school in Albuquerque, the three would reunite with Howard in Pueblo, Colorado. When I moved to Colorado, we had been actually married over a year. It was a hard move. I'm super close with my family. Still, Joy Lynn was looking forward to joining her husband. But when she arrived with her sons that August, a man Joy Lynn hardly recognized greeted them. Howard was very aggressive. His temper would go off for anything, and he would tell me horrible, mean things. He said, well, I support you and your kids now. And he kind of made it sound like me moving up there was putting a big strain on him financially. He was a completely different person. Howard also went back on his promise to put Joy Lynn through school, claiming he couldn't afford tuition. He would just say, well, it's just not right now. Don't worry. You'll get there. I was very upset. By the time summer of 2005 rolled around, Joy Lynn had had enough. She decided to go back to Albuquerque with her boys and leave Howard behind. I needed time away from him to figure out what I wanted to do and what I needed to do. But Joy Lynn's absence only seemed to snap Howard back to his senses. He put on the charm again, taking me to fancy dinners and the promise that when I went back that I was finally going to be able to register for school and go. Howard won Joy Lynn over, and she agreed to give him another chance. That fall, she headed back to Pueblo. But just a few months later, Howard was right back to his controlling ways. He was always calling her to find out where she was, who she was with, what she was doing. He was like a Jekyll and Hyde. Joy Lynn's faith in her husband was wavering, and she found herself questioning everything. I was looking for something in his car, and I reached under the seat, and I found a ski mask, a knife, and some gloves. 
When I first saw those items, something just didn't feel right. He came home. I was like, what is this? He said, we had a ton of pocket knives all around the house because of the boys. And he put the hat on and said, I don't wear it like a ski mat. I just wear it when I'm driving. And you know, the gloves, they were like garden gloves. And then I thought, well, I was being ridiculous. Joy Lynn's marriage seemed to be crumbling. And in May of 2006, she discovered a possible explanation. Howard switched companies. So I went and got his book, Explanation of Benefits from the employer, so I could find out what their policy was. Inside this book was a list of girls' names, addresses. The list was all different parts of the United States that he was traveling to. So I thought, oh my God, he's cheating on me. He's got a girlfriend in every town he goes to. Joy Lynn immediately called Howard's cell and exploded. I was like, you know, I found your list of all your girlfriends and how could you do this to me? He was like, what are you doing snooping through my stuff? Then he went from that to, no, that's not what that is. That list is old. I didn't really buy it. I was done with the relationship at that time. I had every intention of coming back to Albuquerque. I just had to wait a couple more months till my kids got out of school. But before she left town, Joy Lynn made yet another awful discovery. I got his video camera out and was going through tapes, and I came across a tape of him and me. Joy Lynn couldn't believe her eyes as she watched a recording of Howard having sex with her without her knowledge. In this video, I'm unconscious. i completely out of it. I don't remember it. I was sick. I couldn't believe what I was watching, and I couldn't believe he would do something like that to me. Howard called, and I don't even think I let him say anything. The first thing out of my mouth was, I saw your sick little tape. Howard didn't react quite the way Joy Lynn expected. It was kind of creepy. It was kind of like a laugh, like, oh, did it turn you on? Then it was like, oh, come on, Joy. We were drunk that night. We said, you didn't do anything that you wouldn't have normally done. I tell him I can't even talk to you. I don't even want to hear your voice right now. But that was only a glimpse into Howard's dark and twisted world. It was about to get much, much worse. He was the all-American husband and that was part of his camouflage. I was scared. I didn't know what he might do to me. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. 
Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for your year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like, are you an overbuyer or an underbuyer, a morning person or a night person, abundance lover or simplicity lover? And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. In June 2006, after discovering a sex tape her husband Howard had made of her without her knowledge, Joy Lynn Martinez packed up her boys and moved back to Albuquerque. She left her husband behind in Colorado. I was staying with my mom and dad, just trying to pick up the pieces. I wanted a divorce, but I didn't have money to divorce him. Joy Lynn was heartbroken, and in August 2007, when her beloved grandmother suddenly passed away, Joy Lynn sunk even lower. When I lost her, it hit me really hard. I was really close to her. And right away, when he found out he was, you know, in Albuquerque, he was constant with the flowers and bringing me gifts, trying to tell me how much he loved me and how much he needed me. Joy Lynn decided to take things one day at a time and put all thoughts of divorce on the back burner. Until the following year, when she found something that made her think twice. I found a letter from an attorney going over some court dates that Howard needed to be at for a peeping Tom case. I'm floored because I'm like, peeping Tom. I confronted him on it. Howard was ready with an explanation. He said I was at work drinking a couple beers. I left, locked the keys in the office. I needed the bathroom and I was peeing in the bush and I got arrested. That's all it was. First I thought, okay, well, yeah, that's possible. But then I'm like, no, there's, there's more to this. Two months later, Joy Lynn's suspicions were heightened again. The morning of October 2nd, 2009, she casually picked up a newspaper. I was looking for pages that had the crossword puzzles and stuff, and I came across the headline that got my attention. The headline said, Cops Back on the Trail of the Etherman Rapist. I had never heard of the Etherman Rapist. As I'm reading this article, I was feeling sick. The hair on my body was standing up. Joy Lynn read that the Etherman was Albuquerque's most prolific serial rapist. He'd been targeting young women from the early 1990s to around 2000. Detectives had been on the hunt for him for years to no avail. He would stalk universities, look for young girls, and follow them home. Then he would break in, incapacitate them with some type of chemical, and then rape them. It was 19 years that he had been committing his crimes. We had determined that he had at least one victim in Pueblo, Colorado. Prior to that, I believe Albuquerque had somewhere around 19 Law enforcement in Albuquerque, they had conducted a long, methodical investigation. They had the DNA. They didn't know whose DNA it was. No one ever really reported any suspicious activity. So there was a lot of frustration. Joy Lynn couldn't shake a feeling of dread as she read that the Ether Man had also struck in Austin, Texas in May 2006. And that's when it hit her. 
Howard had been in Austin that month. The timeline clicked. I knew when Howard moved to Albuquerque. I knew when he moved away. The rapes were happening during that time period. Everything clicked. I realized that that list of names wasn't girls that he was cheating on me with. It was probably potential victims. I mean, it all fit together. But there was one important detail that didn't fit at all. Along with the article was a police sketch of the suspect. The sketch to me didn't look like Howard. I even drew in a mustache and goatee like Howard wore and drew in some hair like Howard wore it so I could see if it looked like him. And to me, it didn't. Still, Joy Lynn couldn't ignore all the other evidence that seemed to point directly at her husband. I wrote down the phone number for the Crime Stoppers and I was going to call, but I wanted to be 100% sure. Howard was due in Albuquerque soon, and Joy Lynn nervously awaited his arrival, hoping his visit would end in closure, one way or another. But a shocking turn of events was about to change everything. I've investigated homicides, sexual assaults, but nothing on this scale. Something felt wrong. I knew something bad was going to happen. In the fall of 2009, Joylyn Martinez nervously awaited the arrival of her husband, Howard Bruce. It would not be a pleasant visit. I knew Howard was an Ethan Man rapist. Even though I knew that that was him, I went back and forth trying to convince myself it wasn't him. That weekend was very hard to be with him. I was very nervous. Anytime he touched me, it made my skin crawl. The following week, Joylyn breathed a sigh of relief when Howard returned to Colorado. She decided then and there to end her marriage. I was going to tell him that day that I wanted out, that I couldn't do it anymore. So I had tried to call him, and he wouldn't answer. Called him a couple times, he didn't answer. Joylyn thought that was strange. Howard always took her calls. And then I finally called his son, and he said, I can't talk. They think my dad did something bad, and I'm at the police station right now. I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, what do you mean? What's going on? Joy Lynn was stunned to hear that her husband was the prime suspect in the attempted murder of a Pueblo police officer. And they couldn't find him. I didn't know what to think at that time. I was in panic mode. One of our police officers went out to the garage and discovered a propane cylinder and a rubber tubing going under the garage door. It was obvious that it had been set there intentionally by someone in an attempt to blow up his residence. Our officer notified the sheriff's department, notified the bomb squad. They asked him, who do you think could have done this? And the first person that came to mind was Howard Bruce. The officer in question was the same one who had arrested Howard in his Peeping Tom case. He had also been set to testify against Howard that very day. But Howard never showed up. After nine hours, police finally located his car in a parking lot. Howard was passed out in the front seat. He was just out of it. He was under the influence of some drug or alcohol or something. But in the back seat of the car were two impressions made from the bottom of a propane cylinder. Howard was immediately arrested and charged with three counts of criminal attempt to commit first-degree murder, intimidation of a witness, 
possession of an incendiary device, and third-degree criminal trespassing. They found him and he was in custody, but I knew he did it, and it, to me it just validated everything. Two days later, when three Pueblo police officers showed up at Joy Lynn's front door, she didn't hesitate to voice her suspicions. I told them that I thought he was the ether man rapist. I just couldn't doubt myself anymore. With Joy Lynn's statement, detectives were immediately able to get a warrant for Howard's DNA. And a few weeks later, Robert Howard Bruce's name became national news when police announced a positive link between his DNA and the ether man rapist. I think I basically just shut down. I couldn't understand how I could be married to someone who could be that person. I couldn't believe that I knew this man for this many years and that he was capable of what he has done. It's just mind-boggling to me. In July of 2010, Howard was convicted in the Peeping Tom case. The following year, he went to trial for attempted murder of a police officer. Joy Lynn had to testify as a character witness. And when I pointed Howard out when I was out on the witness stand, he had looked at me, smiled, winked, and blew me a kiss. And that made me sick. In August 2011, Howard Bruce was convicted of attempted first-degree murder, attempted second-degree murder, and possession of an incendiary device. He was sentenced to 64 years in prison. I was very relieved when I found out that he was convicted. It was finally over. I didn't have to worry about that anymore. The following month, Howard received an additional 30 years after pleading guilty to a criminal attempt to commit sexual assault and first-degree burglary in yet another Colorado case. He was the last guy to think would be looking in your back window. The last guy you'd expect to try and blow up a cop. And he was one of the most prolific serial rapists in history that I know of. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison, and he'll never see the light of day. Recovering from her marriage to Howard Bruce has not been easy for Joy Lynn. It's hard to get through something like this. I just think if God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Howard's not going to win. He's not going to destroy me. I'm just sorry that my little sister got caught up and on this roller coaster ride. She needs to close this chapter in her life. With help from friends and family, Joy Lynn is working on doing just that. I think that she is going to be able to move past this. However, I don't think that she's going to be trusting anyone that she dates lightly. But after a situation like that, how can you? Trust is a big issue with me, of course. I'm not completely untrusting. I just follow my gut more. If something doesn't feel right, I've learned my lesson. I ain't going there again. Nickelodeon was kid everything. But that marked one of the darkest chapters. Three predators worked at Nickelodeon. It made me wonder who was being hurt. Quiet on set. An ID true crime event. Sunday, March 17th at 9. On ID and stream on Max.